0: The Sports Zella Show podcast is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. Watch, hold on. Or find it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ESPN Syracuse. Watch, hold on. At ESPN UR. Watch, hold on. And at ESPN Sportszilla. I see it every night. They want it every night. Absolutely. Absolutely. But these it's guys want to win every podcast. game. The teams. Sportszilla the Show. Nonsense. With Rain so and podcast. Matt. And just beat the crap out of us. Woo! But to be the man, you gotta beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. On ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. I have no idea what
1: that was bleeding through. Twitch. Was that Twitch? Yes, that was Twitch. Oh, that's weird. I thought it was muted. Let's see. I'm gonna open up Twitch right now, Q Sports Talk. I'm gonna see what's going on, uh, see if I had it muted or not. Hmm. Well, appears do to, you? Appears to be muted. Okay. I don't know. It's so weird. I don't know. Are we, are we in the Twilight Zone today? Uh, maybe. It's the NFL Draft today. Welcome to the SportsZilla Show just after 2 o'clock, ready to go till 4. Matt Page is the glue guy. I'm Rain. And um, you got to refer to my opening statement, and I think that was just it for the rest of the day. No comment after that. What, Twilight Zone? No. Um, I was quoting John Desco.
2: Oh, I understood.
1: Yeah, you're killing me, Smalls. 245, I'll address that there, I suppose, perhaps throughout. Uh, We got it lined up and good to go today with the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line and some guests. Spencer Davidson, Stephen Bailey, Mike McAllister, Mark Larson with Spectrum Sports. So we've got a lot of friends to talk to. Heavy on the draft today. We'll throw in a few other things. Um, I want to talk about the first draft podcast because Soundcheck will move from its normal slot at 3 to 3.30 today. That's Field uh, Field, Yates, Mel Kuiper, and McShay. Because, you know, final mocks are in, right?
2: Yes, 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 it yes, goes, they are.
1: It goes down tonight at 7 o'clock. Greeny is hosting the draft now. I think it's his second year that he's done this. Maybe it's his third. Somewhere, somewhere, something like that.
2: I, I think it's his first one. But last year, it was virtual, so it was all out of whack.
1: Yeah, so I think it's his second. I think he did the virtual. I I think. I should know this. He was talking about the other day, and I was listening. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. That could have happened. Uh, You know, it's worth a mention to me, uh, as of course, uh, due to the first podcast, by the way, we will get to some. We're going to feature the Jets, the Bills, the Giants, your Patriots, and what they have to say, and we'll do that a little bit later in soundcheck. Uh, but worth a mention to me is the Syracuse women's lacrosse team off the top. Offensive struggles 9-4. to four. Uh, They beat Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament opener. Semifinal game is on Friday at 2.30. I'm glad to see we have something positive. Yes, a lower scoring output than we might have wanted, but something positive as far as the Syracuse lacrosse program because the other side is just, whoa. It's complicated. Um, I will say this. Axe said basically, you might be seeing the beginning of the end for John Desco, and I 'll comment on that further. I will say this, I, I tend to agree with Axe on that. I think he was spot on. He's on the block at four o 'clock, quite obviously. Uh, we've got some of our other regular fun games to play today. we're going to talk a little bit about Syracuse football today, quite obviously, with players and Coach Baber having addressed the media. Wild Hack addressed the media. Uh, really through ACC network, he was on Packer and Durham. we 'll get to some of those comments. I'm happy to announce that air conditioning is in the dome. But How I, about that? I just chipped off one of your first questions. You did. How's everything going for you today, man? Are, are you hyped about this draft?
2: Uh, yeah, I am just can't wait for it to finally be over, to be honest with you. We were talking earlier in the day. I'm just sick of looking at mock drafts at this point. Yeah, I'm sick of doing... Only because you hear about, oh, this team's looking at this, but then there's 20 other options like the 49ers we're hearing about right now.
1: Oh, suddenly it's not Mac Jones. Or it is Mac Jones. I, I'm like, don't you guys have the same sources
2: no. with, within teams? No. Like, who are you talking to? Oh, uh, one guy's talking to the janitor. Yeah. Another guy's talking to uh, a cousin of the football coach, hey, not so, the actual coach.
1: Yeah, so uh, Joe Judge was walking by me in the hallway, and I was mopping out the film room, and I heard him say something about blank back Jones. Waddle. My, my, when my wife was pregnant, she waddled like a penguin. Suddenly they're taking Waddle from Alabama. I mean, this is just it's the kind nonsense of, kind of stuff I'm starting to think is how these experts determine their mock drafts. I grabbed another one, though, because I like to mock mock drafts.
2: According to Ian Rappaport, the 49ers are looking at veteran quarterbacks as well, such as Deshaun Watson. Adrian or Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson.
1: I thought it was funny that Tom Brady said, I don't give a bleep if you're in the first round. I was a sixth rounder. I also think it's funny that all of this nonsense surrounding what the Patriots are going to do are they going to make a trade? Are they going to move up? Are they going to take a quarterback? Are they working out a deal with Jimmy Garoppolo? Is that the guy they want to bring back so Belichick can give a big bleep you to Brady and go, it was the coach, not the quarterback. I can win with Garoppolo. I can win with my guy. There's that narrative. I mean, this stuff is truly, I refer back to what Greeny said a few weeks back when he went, the NFL is a 24-7, 365 soap opera. And you know what? It only gets worse around draft
2: too. And you know what? We're all in on this. Well, of course we are. We, we are. You know, I'm sick of the mock drafts, but I printed off Kuiper and McShay's latest one. I try to tell
1: myself, don't don't get so invested in this, and yet it happens to me every year. I laugh, I roll my eyes, I make fun of it, I mock, and, and here I am, sitting here. It's Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson seems to be the consensus after that. It's all over the place. You know what? We don't have any idea what trades are in the works. None. Tons of them. How many will be speculated on and then will fall through? How many that aren't even being discussed right now? Something happens depending on a a player that gets drafted tomorrow and the next thing you know, a trade gets pulled off in five minutes. Uh, It could happen. It could happen. Every single one of these scenarios that you can dream up and some that you might not have yet are going to happen, whether you like it or not. Um, So I heard the NFL draft this tonight. Anybody? (laughs)
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Anybody hear that?
2: Is that tonight? Uh, It is tonight. Um, So our current Twitch poll right now is, what is your favorite draft? Is it a sports draft? A draft beer? A slight (laughs) draft or a breeze? Uh, Daft Punk or Draft Punk? Daft Punk.
1: Daft Punk. Yes. I I haven't drank alcohol in, I don't know, five, six, seven years now. I quit a while back, but I'm starting to think maybe I need a draft.
2: (laughs) I'm going to vote for sports draft.
1: I, I need a beer just to... Figure out what the hell's going on with the NFL draft. I'm doing my best. I know you're doing the same. It's time to ask some questions. So let's get to that. This is the Sports Show on ESPN Radio. Oh, I've got to take care yes, of this today. Yeah. Is this one of those days where I've got to do this? Exactly. You know, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Give me some sound. Give me some sound. You ready? I said, I don't, I don't have any. No, 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 no. Give me some sound. You do. Okay.
3: Uh, please refer to my
2: opening statement.
1: Yeah, I got to take care of that today. All right, all right, glue guy, I'll do this. Hang on, bear with me, because it doesn't...
2: I wish I had, had like, a a clock sound right now.
1: No, because I have to reload the audio as I flip from page to page. This is just the way it works. We're in a different studio than Orange Nation and Axe, and so we have to navigate things the way that we do. Okay, so does it matter is what I have to find? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. All right, you're much smoother at this than I I am. Yeah.
0: Okay. Does it matter? It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Talk. Does it matter? Does it, does it matter that
1: it's a dumpster fire if you don't run the ones and twos? I, I've warned. I was joking with Polly about that the other day. I'm like, no, no, no. You want glue guy on the board for sure. But
4: yeah, it's gonna, you
2: definitely
1: do. It's going to be bad otherwise. First question.
2: Does it matter that the NFL draft is tonight? Oh, is it? Yeah.
1: I hadn't heard. Next question. Newsflash.
2: Uh, you didn't answer the question. Yes. Okay. A
1: good. lot. More than I'd like it to, but it really matters to me.
2: Does it matter that Jacob DeGrom gets no run support? Yes,
1: it does. It's it's amazing. They they lose the ability to hit when he pitches. It's crazy.
2: They like act 40- like a fool in the batter's box once he's on, on the mound. I mean, he should have 40 more wins. I, I swear. At than, least. He, than
1: he actually does. Not that wins and losses really means much. He's won a couple of Cy Youngs. But I'm I'm sitting there. I'm like... Boy, it's gotta suck for the Red Sox. <laughs> no, it really did, and I'm like, they're facing Jacob Degrom. They gotta win this game, right? One nothing, Unreal. one nothing. The Red Sox beat him. How does that keep happening? You know, we have a good friend of the show, Phil Ivanco, on tomorrow, who is a, a Mets fan, and, and I've got to ask him about that. I, I'm actually looking forward to that conversation. It's his head will explode. Yes, it will. It's gotta be frustrating to be a Mets fan, have a pitcher, an all-world pitcher like that, and get no run support. Frustration. I mean, the frustration has got to be just immense. That's all I can figure. Yeah, that matters. Next.
2: Does it matter that Bryce Harper and Didi Gregorius got pegged with a baseball last night?
1: Yeah, Bryce Harper, uh, 97. 97 miles an hour. Right across the nose. Uh, that's just absolutely crazy. A uh, pitcher's named Genesis Cabrera, lefty, throws real hard. Next batter, next pitch, Didi Gregorius, former Yankee, gets one in the ribs at 95. Benches get warned, which sucks because then, listen, the unwritten rules of baseball. You at least got to throw some sweet chin music. And and I'm not saying you got to drill somebody, but you do. You get close. That's what happens. You Hit him in the butt. You don't have to throw at the head. That's where it gets dangerous. Uh, Bryce Harper, he's got a mark on his face. It kind of glanced. It was a scary situation. But then Joe Girardi stepping up for his players, throw the ball over the bleeping plate on his way out. Uh, Cardinals manager said this is due to the r- relief pitchers having to face at least three batters. That rule is in place in Major League Baseball because he said I absolutely would have taken him out. Unfortunately, he had to face three batters. That's why it happened. I have to think Genesis Cabrera. I don't think there was intent in hitting Bryce Harper.
2: Oh, uh, there wasn't. He looked irritated at himself after the pitch, and he, he looked he looked
1: frightened. Like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. But I think he was unnerved. Hence. He then hits Didi Gregorius, the very next batter. I think that that's why that happened. That That is scary, though. You never want to see somebody get hit in the face with a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. Yeah, that matters. And that rule should be checked for that reason, perhaps. And granted, I don't want to see all the pitching changes. You do need to speed up the game. But then there's something like that where it could have that could have been even worse. Let's yes, put it that way. It could have been worse. a lot worse for Bryce Harper. Next question.
2: Does it matter that Anthony Rizzo struck out Freddie Freeman?
1: Yeah, 70 miles an hour, by the way. Uh, it's funny because Freddie Freeman, who is the reigning MVP in the National League, by the way, yep. all-around good guy, uh, but he was 4-for-4 four four at that point. And, and Rizzo came to, with a 70-mile-an-hour cheese. Uh, it was lightened the mood, as Anthony Rizzo had said. It made me laugh a little bit. I believe I have a quote from him. He goes, I had to pitch around Acuna, Cunha, who the other day hit a 481-foot home run, I should mention. Uh, he said, I know... He does a lot of damage. Freddie was hot. He was four for four. But at the end of the day, he was four for five with a punch out, which definitely helped me lighten the mood. Man, I would talk smack about that for the rest of my life. You have to. Absolutely. This is called Does It Matter on the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio. NFL draft is tonight. Did you mention that? Yes, I
2: did. What's your next question? Does it matter that Trevor Lawrence has never lost a regular season game in his life? He was undefeated in high school and undefeated at Clemson.
1: Well, uh, Sam Darnold threw a pick six in his very first pass in the NFL. I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is going to do that. There's a very good chance that Trevor Lawrence is probably going to lose his first regular season game. Because I'm assuming when he gets drafted number one overall, he will be the starter for Jacksonville.
2: Yeah, and they won't win very many games this year. Uh, He
1: might lose a lot of games in his first couple of years, at least in his first year. Peyton Manny went one in fifteen. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. So um get used to it, Trevor Lawrence. It's gonna matter a lot to him. Next question.
2: Does it matter that the Patriots want Garoppolo back?
1: Yeah, I told you before, I think it's a bleep you. That it's the coach, not the quarterback. And-
2: but do they really want him back? Or is mm. it just this just another smokescreen?
1: Should they work out a deal and make that trade as a Patriots fan, or should they draft you want Justin Fields?
2: I want Justin Fields. You think that's Justin Fields or bust.
1: Agree or disagree. There you go. There's your next Twitch there poll, Q Sports Talk. I'd like to know the answer to that if people agree with you or not. Let's switch to the NBA real quick for a couple more.
2: Does it matter that the Hawks are twenty and eight since firing Lloyd Pierce?
1: Yeah. Clearly that was the coach in that situation. Something going on there. Yeah, there's too much talent for them to be that bad. I remember when they fired him and we remarked We were up.
2: Little, kind of shocked by it because they were supposed to be favorites in the East after uh, signing a lot of guys and trading for a lot of guys in the offseason.
1: Having a guy like Trey Young yep. leading that team, that was surprising. And Yeah, I guess it was the coach in that instance. Do you see—I'm going to ask you one. Jazz beat the Kings 154-105. to When's the last time you've seen a game in the 150s? It feels like a video game. It does. That's just a weird score. I mean, that is— Terrible. I mean, there's blowouts, and then there's that. That's next level. How about the Suns clinched a playoff spot for the first time since 2010? Uh, Chris Paul last night deferring to Devin Booker. He says it's about time the world on, on that stage, the NBA playoff stage, sees Devin Booker. What a phenomenal basketball player.
2: Uh, CP3 uh, in the MVP conversation? It should happen. With everywhere
1: he goes, his, they te- get better. his team gets better. Absolutely. Um, he has to be in the conversation. I don't know if he wins it, but he's got to be in the conversation, right? Uh, probably should be, but won't. LeBron is coming back pretty soon. Yes, he is. Uh, so that's going to make things very interesting. The Knicks. Anthony Davis got dunked on last night. Bad. Oof. Like real bad. Postered. Ball came through the net and kind of hit him in the face, it looked like. Yeah. Yeah, he was not comfortable after that. Uh, the Knicks won big last night. They beat the Bulls. I, I, I like to see that. That mattered to me. Uh, yeah, uh, I noticed. Uh, but I'll give you one. Your Celtics, T- Tatum and Brown, boy, if they consistently perform like they did, uh, both had 30 in the last Celtics game.
2: Uh, yeah, and it went against the Hornets, which a lot of former Celtics players are on that team. So for me, it was kind of good to see.
1: So that matters to you? Yeah. You know what matters to me? Spencer Davidson, Oddsmakers, is next on ESPN Radio. We'll put some percentages on, well, a lot of draft stuff and a couple of other things. The drafts tonight, you know that?
0: No. Let's take our first break. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt. <coughs> Get the f away from me. Okay, this has gone well. All right, should we take some calls? Let's take some calls. It's time for bi-weekly. Can't wait! With WKTV sports director Spencer Davidson.
1: Yankees dominated the Orioles last night. Seven to nothing they're playing. Now one to nothing is the most current update that I saw. If I am wrong, somebody let me know uh Domingo Herman looked good Corey Kluber the night before that you got got you got guys starters pitching and giving you quality starts whoa what's happened in the last couple of days the bullpen has been fine but the bats are coming alive you're starting to see that even Clint Frazier got into the act Uh, so what are the odds as a Yankees fan Spencer Davidson as we welcome you on to play odds makers are feeling much better about the team over the last couple days granted it's the Oreos
5: yeah, I mean 100% that I'm feeling better. I think anytime, you know, a team strings together a couple of wins, you you feel better for sure. Um whether or not I feel comfortable is another question because another story because look, they had a good series against the Cleveland Indians and then dropped the first to the to the Orioles and it seemed like the the sky was falling again. So Um, I just think, you know, it's going to take a, you know, a few series here for, for the Yankees really to take two of three or three of four, start to get rolling a bit before you can start to be like, all right, they found their rhythm and you know, they're, they're back. So Am I um, optimistic following the last couple of games? Absolutely. But uh, there's still plenty of work to be done here before um, you can start feeling like the Yankees are are really on the right track.
1: Uh, We're going to talk to you quite a bit about the draft, but I have one more question, or what are the odds question to ask you before we get into that. And we've got some special audio from the first draft podcast with Fieldy Yates, Mel Kuyper, and Todd McShay that we want to share for you pertaining to your Jets. But... I want to talk. I want to go Utica. So I want to talk Empire Recycling Galaxy Cup. I want to talk last night's Comets Crunch game. Comets lead the season series five to four. They ended up winning two to one in overtime. Both goals scored by Jonah Gajevich of the Utica Comets. Who, if you're a Crunch fan, don't feel bad about that because he's just scoring all the goals. It's fourteen goals for him this year. Really amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing Jake Kylie um, is going to be okay, but it might be a long term thing. He got hurt in the game. Uh, but Spencer Martin, the goalie for the crunch, 28 saves, gave up a couple of goals. Well, here's the interesting thing. Jonah Gadjevich is marrying his sister. Wow. Yeah. So how <laughs> awkward do the family chats get after you drop two goals against your future brother-in-law? I mean, you want to talk about, I mean, it reminds me of Wedding Crashers. Yeah, like some bizarre dinner scene, you know, with the in-laws and the family. Yeah, Jonah's engaged to the sister of Spencer Martin it's kind of crazy if you think about it. Uh, he said that he will will not be bragging at his fiance's parents' dinners about the two goals that he scored. Kind of a funny aside to the game last night. Uh, what are the odds you like that?
6: Oh,
5: hundred percent. I love that. Um, you know, he he was saying after the game, you know, that they both root for each other. Each other, of course, they want each other to do well. You know, just when not when they're playing each other, which is fourteen times this season, but. You know,
1: look, it,
5: it looked like Martin got the better of Gadjevich in overtime, stopping him on a breakaway. So it looked like he was going to have bragging right there, even though Gadjevich had put one in on him before. And then Gadjevich gets the last lap just a few seconds later, um, you know, with the puck deflecting off his skate and in. But it's definitely a really cool Interesting story and uh, certainly adds to this fun rivalry here between Utica and Syracuse. It was honestly a really great, tight-checking game last night. Really entertaining. Um, Very impressed with with how both teams played it. Just a classic rivalry game late in the season.
1: And heavy five-on-five, not a lot of penalties called, which I thought was interesting because it started to get chippy when you play a team so many times, but not so much yesterday. I expect that to happen Listen, they both play Rochester this weekend, and then it's back on for like six or seven games or like 45 more in a row. It just feels like they're going to play every day. Spencer Davidson, <laughs> WKTV Sports Director here playing Oddsmakers with us on the Sports Hill Show on ESPN Radio. Matt Page, Glue Guy, let's take it to the draft.
2: So talking about the draft tonight, uh, Phil Lavanco who we're going to be talking to tomorrow. Spencer, you and him go back and forth about your Jets. He's asking you, how do you feel about the Zach Wilson era? Soon to be. Yeah.
5: <laughs> He's always on my my case about this because I defended uh, Sam Darnold yep. and, and, and felt like he didn't get a fair shake. So, um, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to throw these jabs still. But, you know, the fact is, at the end of the day, we're both Jets fans, man. We want the same thing. So um, I'm not sure why he's still coming at me because, of course, I'm excited for the Zach Wilson era right now. Um, you know, look – I defended Sam Darnold. I still feel like he didn't get a totally fair shake in New York. He didn't really get a chance to thrive. That being said, look, it, 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 Sam Darnold's not on the Jets anymore. You know, and Zach Wilson uh, appears to be heading, you know, to, to Gang Green in just a few hours. So uh, I'm excited. I mean, you got to look towards the future and not the past. And you know, I think for from everything that I've read and seen about Zach Wilson, he he could you know be a, a, a piece that the Jets have been missing. So yeah. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. You can't dwell on what isn't. You have to look at what is. And I'm totally in uh, on Zach Wilson and and hope that he can, you know, be the quarterback for many, many years and not just three here.
1: Field Yates, Mel Kuyper, I don't know who Mel Kuyper is, and Todd McShay put out the first draft (laughs) podcast, took a look at every single team in the draft. And this is what they said about the Jets. Spencer, I want you to listen to this. About 60 seconds, we'll have you react on the other side of it
7: we go to the jets who are well equipped this year and next with draft capital. So Todd jets have 10 picks. Where should they be looking?
8: Yeah, they're loaded. They've got, they've got 20 picks in the two year span of this year and next year in the draft, they're going to take Zach Wilson, assuming that Trevor Lawrence goes number one. And then after that, it becomes, again, very similar to the conversations with Urban Meyer. The Jets really want to protect their quarterback. What happened with Sam Darnold, they don't want to happen again with the, with their next quarterback. So is, is it an offensive lineman? Are they going to move up to go get a guy? Are they going to sit around and wait? Or are they going to move back? But they're, they're open for business in terms of moving up or down. And don't be surprised if they do in the first round. And then the second round, I think they continue to try to get weapons. You know, if they get an offensive lineman with that second pick in the first round, then I think they would go maybe wide receiver. They could go tight end at some point. And certainly there are needs on the defensive side, but they're not going to draft Zach Wilson on a BYU and just leave him stranded.
1: So what do you think, Spencer? What are the odds that he's right I'm hearing um, Elijah Vera Tucker as a possibility if they trade up. Uh, speaking of the offensive line, if not him, who else? What do you think of that analysis?
5: Hey, uh, Phil, you listening to the show right now there, buddy? <laughs> uh, I, think you need to, I think you need to play that soundbite for him even after the first round when you talk to him tomorrow because that's what I've been saying all along. I mean, Sam Darnold had absolutely no protection uh, on the offensive line any of his three seasons with the Jets. Um, They absolutely need to, to shore up their offensive line. I completely agree, actually, with everything that they said there because they do need skilled players. On the offensive side, they need to be able to get some weapons for Zach Wilson to, to build around. So I love that. I mean, I think the focus in the drafts right now for them has to be the offensive line and then getting, uh, you know, a few uh, key skill position guys for the offense, because you know their defense has been it hasn 't been exceptional it hasn 't been the the jets defense of the the bart scott can 't wait uh, Rex ryan jets, but it 's been a level ahead of their offense their defense has, has kept them in any game that they 've had a chance to win, um, and their offense just couldn 't do anything so I absolutely think that their focus needs to be more on the offensive end this year and Look, I love the fact that the Jets have a lot of draft capital the next couple of years, but eventually that draft capital has got to turn into something, and the goal here isn't to acquire uh, first-round or second-round picks. The goal is to acquire championship trophies. So it's got to convert into something at some point, but absolutely um, 100% I'm in on on what they said there on the podcast.
2: And talking about the Bills, it looks like Kuyper's latest mock draft has them uh, selecting Tyson Campbell, a defensive back, and then, according to McShay, he has them trading up with Tennessee to draft Travis Etienne. Yeah, we'll what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, we keep hearing that.
1: Running back in the first round, very interesting. Before you answer, Spencer, can I just play one thing really quick for you? Can't wait! Okay, continue.
5: <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. Look, Etienne is is a very impressive player. Um, I mean, honestly, I think, you know, before this this past season, I... I, I thought he was going to be a guy that would even be projected to go higher. So I think that would be a, a great addition for the bills. Um, you know, the bills obviously don't have as many pressing needs. I think on the defensive end, definitely um, getting a couple of guys just to solidify their, their defense. But I mean, if you can combine, you know, a, a potentially, you know, pro bowl and, and again, you, with the draft, you never know, but if you could combine a potentially pro bowl running back and add that to the offensive scheme with, you know, Josh Allen, leading the way uh, on the air, who's also versatile on the run. I just think it could open up so many possibilities for you. So for the Bills, I mean, you're in a really good situation right now. And adding a guy like Etienne, I I do like that for the Bills. Now, as a Jets fan, I don't want that to happen for the Bills. But – from the objective standpoint, that would be a really good get for the Bills, and I think that they are in a very good position here coming into this year's draft.
1: We're playing odds maker Spencer Davidson on the Sports Illustrated Show with ESPN Radio. Okay, we've got a couple minutes left. We've got two teams we want to get through. The Patriots trade up to number 7 with uh, Detroit to get Trey Lance, or the the Pats get Mac Jones, who slides to 15, according to McShay. So ultimately, who do you have more faith on? Uh, who do you place your odds on? Who— who do you trust more, Kuyper or McShay, when it comes to the Pats? Or do they go out and trade for a Garoppolo? Ooh, is that going to happen? What do you think?
5: Wow, that would be really that would be really interesting if they do go out and trade for Garoppolo. I mean, it looks like the situation in San Francisco at, at this point isn't really necessarily promising for him to, to be their starting guy moving forward. So, wouldn't that be kind of a first a full circle moment? But. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, if if the Patriots can, can drop down and get a guy like – or if Mac Jones drops down and the Patriots can get a guy like him at 15, I mean, that is a – you know, that would be a, a home run for them. Um, you know, obviously, you know, with Brady leaving and, and, and Newton kind of a stopgap right now, um, you know, that, that they need their quarterback of the future. They don't have that quarterback on the roster right now. So Mac Jones could definitely be an intriguing option. I'm not sure he's going to fall that low, though. But, uh, Seems you know, it's bizarre. If, yeah, I, I don't see him falling that. That's why I'm saying if he falls to 15, and the Patriots can grab him. I mean, that would be a slam dunk for them. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm hoping that uh, for our sake, everything goes wrong for the Pats and they, they don't get their guy. Sorry, Matt.
1: Real quick. Uh, we got to take a break. Giants. I'm seeing, according to McShay in his final mock, they get Quitty Pay, edge rusher, definitely in need. Waddle, according to Kuiper, I'm over here wanting Devontae Smith. I just, I heard Isaac Bruce endorsing him yesterday. That's quality, man.
2: And comparing him to uh, Marvin Harrison.
1: Yeah, of Syracuse and and himself, really. And and when somebody who, when you consider the source, a Hall of Fame guy endorses a player and that's potentially my team's pick, I kind of like that. What are the odds you agree?
5: Yeah, no, 100%. I agree with that. I mean, there was a period, you know, there was a period of time where I thought that, you know, maybe the best move was to keep Sam Darnold and try to go after Devontae Smith, um, you know, and and get that, you know, potentially lethal weapon, uh, you know, and, and kind of go that route. So I think he's a fantastic option. And I think if the Giants could snag him, you got – Saquon Barkley coming back, so your running game is going to be much better next year. If you get a guy like Devontae Smith to, you know, be a, a target for for Danny Dimes, I mean, that's only going to be a good thing. So that that's a really intriguing option, and I think Smith, um, you know, any team that gets Smith is going to be really, really lucky to watch this guy play.
1: Syracuse football fan base is going to be excited. Up next on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line, we'll talk to Stephen Bailey with 24-7 Sports about, yes, Syracuse football. Check that off the list, the NFL draft, and how it applies to Syracuse University's three defensive backs. And perhaps a comment on John Desco. Even though I have a feeling he'll say no comment, please refer to my opening statement. That's next on ESPN Radio.
0: It's the Zealous Show with Rain and the Glue Guy on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Sports Talk. Uh, Twitch is going to get
1: excited. And if you have any questions, please throw them in the comments section. Q Sports Talk, Stephen Bailey. Uh, Even when you're not on with us, your name gets dropped in there quite a bit. Uh, Now, this is no disrespect to anybody else that covers the Syracuse football team. Uh, We asked you off the air. Twitch might have heard a portion of this conversation. But we have noticed, uh, Matt and I have discussed, man, Seems like Dino Babers really likes Stephen Bailey. Whether it was with the beard, without the beard, whatever's going on, explain your dynamic with Dino because you can really tell. I think there's a genuine respect that goes both ways.
4: Yeah, I think respect is is probably fair. You know, de- depending on what I've been writing, he might, I guess, li- like me more or less. Um, but but yeah, you know, I, I definitely think there's a respect. I mean, we've both been here. For six years, so I think over that period of time, even with the the very limited access, you do get to know one another. So, um, yeah, there's I guess there's just a mutual understanding of what each other has to do for for their jobs. And, uh, you know, (laughs) I guess there's just kind of a a little funny back and forth on the Zoom call yesterday. I mean, when you talk to somebody twice in a span of, you know, four months who, whose name you write daily <laughs> and I'm sure he reads what I write you know or, or has people tell him what I write it's uh I don't know I guess it just kind of produces uh uh I feel like I, I, I'm up to date on what you've been doing Yeah, we haven't seen each other in so long which uh you know, hey, Dino, if you're listening, I, I, I'd i love to change that. It would be nice if we talked a little bit more. But, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think I think respect is, is, is good for it. You know, I don't think you can ever be a beat writer and always be the guy the coach likes. That's, I don't think that's a sign of a good writer. Um, but I think mutual respect. And I know, you know, I've, 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 Dino has, has said as much, um, you know, in, in conversations with me in the past. So that's so always good. It's good that, that people understand your job as a reporter and, um you know, it's easy right now to be cordial. But even when I ask hard questions, I do I do think he is he is more respectful and more understanding than your average coach of a, of a, a struggling program.
1: Stephen, your questions, they're intelligent, they're well-researched and they're fair. And you can't say that about every reporter. And I'm not just talking about those that cover Syracuse. I mean, check the media landscape. And I think that's a fair statement to make, and that's why you get their respect. Stephen Bailey with 24-7 Sports here online with us. So Dino obviously addressed the media. So did six players the day before. Garrett Williams, Sean Tucker, Luke Benson, offensive lineman Matt Bergeron, Mikkel Jones, and Josh Black. Um, and obviously, the word that I've been throwing around is platitudes and generalities, and a lot of it was predictable as far as their answers and even some of the questions. It was like, and you said this right before we came on the air, spring ball was here and then it disappeared and it wasn't much this to it. This year wasn't a spring game. We didn't hear a lot until the end, Uh, but unpack what you heard from Dino and the players. And what are some of the statements that were made and that we need to know about as Syracuse football fans?
4: Yeah. You know, I think, I think the thing I took away, one of the things I took away from the player call was how important spring was for the defense. And like, it should be, right? I mean, you, they, they tried to install a new scheme last year. Tony White was hired to, to put in the three three five, and he didn't get spring practice, and then kind of had to do it over Zoom and then really trying to do it during fall camp while game planning and evaluating players who he's never seen in pads because he's a first-year guy. So, naturally, the spring you get 15 sessions to just focus on your team and your guys and installation and evaluation and, and teaching and, you know, probably connecting <laughs> a little bit, you know, on a human level. Uh, it, it was just clear talking to, to Mikel Jones and, and Josh Black and Garrett Williams that, you know, I think, I think it was it, it, this allowed everyone to kind of gel a little bit. Um, you know, Josh said they're playing relentlessly, more instinctively. You know, I think when you look at that front three, you get all three senior starters back. Now they got a full year of experience, they've, they've done it in practice, they can play faster you know, um, Mikel, Mikel Jones said the D-line is getting the calls in themselves. You know, they really know what they're doing, whereas, you know, the the, <laughs> the implication of that is last year they needed to be told <laughs> what they were doing before the snap, you know, from the linebackers. And, you know, Mikel said the safeties know what they're doing. Um, so, look, that's what I'm not going to explain last year is the reality of not having an offseason and putting in a new system, which will tell you how much Mikel Jones and – you know, maybe Jeff can who argue to do as the inside linebacker last year. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think familiarity. I, I think the front six, those guys are all going to play fast, and they, they're going to know what they're doing, and, and especially the linebackers. I, I think they, they're a breakout position group, um, you know, in the ACC next year. I think they have a lot of potential. The back five, we'll see. Guys got to come along. They don't have the experience. They're not probably not ready to advance to that second level of the defense they're, they're, they're learning because they're not experienced players uh, aside from Garrett Williams. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of my take on the defense. I think it was an important spring for the defense. And then on the offensive side of the ball, everyone was going to focus on, on the quarterback competition a little bit, and, and, of course, you have to. I think it was a good spring for the offensive line. I mean, the, the starting offensive line, unless something changed today, the 15th practice, the starting group was there every practice. So, you have continuity, you have good health. Um, you have experience. You know, I, I, they're kind of rumblings that have gotten back to me was that it was a it was a really good spring for that group. They held their own against the defensive line. Um, the pass protection has been good. You know, Bl- Blight is is healthy and going. Dakota Davis is fully healthy after coming on late last year. Uh, Aaron service is back, and, and you know he had a rough year last year, and, and part of that was probably due to being banged out. But but you know he had a pretty good spring too. So. You know, I think if you're a Syracuse fan, that's kind of what you want to hear. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's there's much more important things to come in the summer or the fall.
1: And, of course, you, you're hearing quite a bit about Mike Schmidt working with these guys and a lot of bodies, yeah. a lot of bodies on the field trying to figure this thing out for next year. It is Stephen Bailey with 24-7 Sports on the Sports Hill Show. It's ESPN Radio. And, of course, you talked about the backfield and what they are, uh, the defensive backs and what they've got to do with this because we lost three of them. So prospects for these guys, once again, With the draft tonight, Malafonwu maybe second round, Cisco third round perhaps falling a little bit because of the knee issue. These are all things that are, I guess we throw them in the masters of the obvious category. And then there's Trill, maybe a very late round pick, perhaps not drafted at all. And of course, where they're going into what teams changes every single day. Every 10 minutes, you're hearing something different depending on the mocks you're looking at. So with the draft being tonight, Stephen, we want your final analysis. Go ahead.
2: But there seems to be one particular team that's linked to all three guys, and
1: that's the Eagles. Yeah, we're hearing the Eagles a lot, depending on who you're listening to. Uh, what do you got for us?
4: Yeah, Eagles would work for, for drafting three defensive backs. I think the Syracuse graphic design team could, could make something work there. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think you pretty much nailed it with my expectations. Like, I, I think no fun, was probably the first guy that goes unless there's a team that really likes Cisco. You know, I I know he you know, he hasn't been able to work out obviously coming back from the ACL. And I almost think, I guess at least from a public standpoint, like maybe that hurts you in projections, but I mean, it's an ACL. Like, guys can come back from that and, and, be, and be better than they were. You know, I know he's gotten dinged up a couple other times, but it's not like this is some guy with you know, I don't know, serious, like, long-term health concerns. I mean, frankly, like, this was the first year, if he d- didn't have to stop his year short because of his hamstring. So, you know, he's been working out and rising up the charts, but who, who is the greater injury concern, the, the rangy cornerback with the history of a nagging hamstring injury or the ball-hawking safety who tore his ACL and just did not fully recovered yet? You know, I don't know. Maybe there's a team that really likes Cisco. and like, Thinks they're getting good value if they take him late second. Um, you know, maybe there's a team that that, that that waits on Malfonu. But if you're going off kind of what public perception is, it's, it's probably Malfonu first. Um, and, and, you know, maybe sometime mid-second round. I think early second round would, be, would probably be good for him. I'm, I'm sure he's dreaming of, of getting called tonight. Uh, and then, yeah, I think Cisco probably third round. Maybe, like I said, maybe he sneaks into the second round. Um, and Trill is, t- is a total wild card. I, to me, I think I've probably said this with you guys before. Yeah, I just think team every team is going to look at him different. Like, do you think he's a nickel corner? Do you think he's a corner? Do you think he's a free safety? You know, he doesn't have kind of the clear-cut role that Cisco and, and Malafano do, which I think is actually pretty rare for defense backs coming out of Syracuse. <laughs> you know, like those guys have very established skill sets. Um, and Terrell can do a ton of different things, but he doesn't have quite as much tape. Um, and like I said, I don't think he has kind of the, the physical makeup of it's like oh, we're going to plug him in here, you know. So is he the guy who you think can can become your starting nickel quarter or is he the guy who's like you know maybe the last DP in the room because you can play him at at any of your four or five spots? And, you know, things change over time, but I think that's just why. Teams are going to look at him differently. I think there's going to be a wider range of evaluation naturally. Um, and, and regardless of where he goes, it's going to come down to, to what he can bring. Um, you know, for any rookie that's taken after the third or fourth round, like, can you contribute on special teams? I think he absolutely can. He definitely has the athleticism to do that. Um, and, then, and then kind of what do kind of you make of it. So I think fit is going to be really, really important with Trill, regardless of where he goes.
1: Well, uh, please refer to our opening statement in the words of John Desco. Uh, we talked about how Dino and you have mutual respect. Matt and I also have mutual respect, and we're grateful for the time. It's Stephen Bailey with 24-7 Sports. Thank you, Stephen. Let's talk again in the very near future, okay? Have a great day.
4: Yeah, anytime, follows You too.
1: You're killing me, Smalls, is up next. I will comment a little further on Desco's disingenuous press conference from yesterday. Right here on ESPN Radio.
0: The SportZilla Show. Oh yeah! Bringing the Central New York sports fan together. You're supposed to wear your mask all over your nose? I'm not going to. So quit asking. Can everyone hear me okay? Can everyone listen up. You're killing me, Smalls. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio. Oh, well, for Pete's sake, here we go again. I'm looking as it
1: stands right now at a hole in a wall and a piece of plaster just smashed in somehow. Okay, I can't speculate on that any, any further. But it's a, here's a caption, a photograph of a damaged wall in a South Campus apartment, piece of evidence in the investigation of a domestic incident involving Syracuse University star lacrosse player Chase Scanlon. Law enforcement officials say. Onondaga County District Attorney William Fitzpatrick, whose office is now investigating the incident along with the Syracuse Police Department, confirms this is evidence that is all part of this. Okay. Uh, now that being said, there was a three thirty John Desco disingenuous press conference yesterday where yes, um, whether you saw wild hack on Packer and Durham and the ACC network, or you followed along with this story as it pertains to the men's lacrosse program. No, he is not traveling. He was suspended and then reinstated. Uh, John Desco gave an opening statement, which everybody has now heard by now. I'm not going to reair that. But then, when that's all said and done, because then he basically said, I'll talk about Notre Dame, and other than that, please refer to my opening statement. I sat there and I was left with that, and we actually kind of were able to monitor during a commercial break a few minutes of that, Yep. right? And it ended quickly. It was a brief press conference because he really didn't say much. And after that, I'm sitting there going, you know, there's federal regulations or rules pertaining to what they can and can't say as as it is a a college sport and whatnot. And an investigation. And, of course, a now legal, a possibly criminal investigation that's going on. But I'm sitting there going, I'm, I'm a father five times, but my first four children were daughters. And whether you're like me and a girl dad, or you're a girl who happens to be a mom of a girl, a, a girl mom, you've got to be sitting there going, It's been reported that this was a domestic incident involving a female. The players, his teammates, didn't want him back on the team. And they were upset that he was reinstated. Something is there. So the conversation, if you pause right there, at that point, I I think Desco and and along the lines of what Brent Axe said yesterday when he said this may be the beginning of the end of John Desco's term as the head coach of the Syracuse Lacrosse team, all that being considered. At that point, you break away from Chase Scanlon, the player involved, and the incident, and you just become a human, a father. And I'm not saying any of this to personally attack John Desco, but it was an opportunity for him to say, generally speaking, on that note, in no way, shape, or form do I support domestic incidences or somebody that happened to be on my team or in general in life, and until... The investigations are done. He will not be a member of this team. That's all you had to say. But he didn't. You had to give a little bit more. I don't think enough was said. I understand that there's a dance that you have to walk, but still, you could have done a little bit more. And for that reason, uh, I could go off on this. I'm biting my tongue quite a bit, but I'm... I'm Is it
2: fair to say it should have just been a press release... And been done? Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't have been a question and answer type
1: of thing. Why did we bother with that? It could have been an email press release, and we could have been done with it. You could have made your statement and nothing more. Uh, But now You're killing me, Smalls. All right, Mike McAllister joins us next. We want to talk to him about Syracuse football as it pertains to the draft. We want to talk about the draft. We're going to incorporate, of course, his thoughts. If you're an Eagles fan, you're going to love what he has to say. And we'll go a little bit further because... He was one that we name-dropped yesterday. It was like, did they really renew the contract of NCAA president Mark Emmert until 2025? It appears they did. We don't know why. That was probably an error in judgment. All next, SportsZilla Show, ESPN
0: Radio. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and the Glue Guy on ESPN Radio. And twitch.tv slash Accelerate Sports
1: Complex phone line on the Sports SportsZilla Show here. Wide open again for Mike McAllister with Syracuse on high SI. A subject we've talked to Mike about before, Bus Whitaker. Bus does graphic design. Uh, we're going to let Mike tell the story because he's the one uh, via social media and Twitter that brought it to our attention. And we even had tweeted a Bus earlier. We're, we're going to name drop for Bus. We got your back. We're going to represent. And Mike's going to help us. The Marshall football team basically stole one of Buss's graphics for the draft. Please tell us a little bit more about this, because what a bunch of nonsense. I I, I said to Mike for the Twitch audience, I'm like, I I felt gross. Like, I needed a shower after that. It was so blatant.
6: Yeah, I mean, I first noticed it when, um, so Kramer Cook is the director of recruiting for Syracuse football, and I noticed him – I've got his tweets on alert because, you know, that's part of my job is i got to know what he's talking about. Um, so he tweeted something out and, and tagged Marshall Football in it, and I was like, "What? what is this about? So I started – you know, I, I read the tweet, and it was accusing them of stealing something from, um, you know, Bus and, and the graphic designers at Syracuse. So then I started trying to figure out what was going on, and he had linked a previous um, tweet for 2020 um, 2020- – 2021 signee landon morris uh, an edit that that they had done for him and for those who haven't seen it the edit is essentially like a kid version of whoever the recruit is wearing a shirt that has their name on the back um in you know the school's colors and such with a with a backwards hat on and it's them looking at like some nfl jerseys and, and such so basically it's basically like if you come here your childhood dreams of going pro can come true. That's kind of the message in the edit,
8: right? Mm-hmm.
6: Well, uh, apparently Marshall had been sending out some um, edits that are basically a copy and paste of that, but changing the um, the kid wearing QS gear to the kid wearing Marshall gear and then changing the um, NFL jerseys that are hanging up in, in the background to whatever other team that, that they're talking about. So it was a blatant copy and paste. A ton of the details, like the shape of the hat, the shape of the head, um, the the wrinkles on the skin to make it you know look a little bit more realistic, like all of the lines in the exact same spots, exact same length. It's very clear that it was it was a ripoff. And then to make matters worse, on the Marshall edit, whoever it was that did that, they signed the bottom left hand corner of it as if it was an original artwork. So. When I saw that someone had had tweeted that out, um, a recruit that had gotten that from Marshall, you know, I just tweeted out with the two pictures next to each other going, hmm. And, you know, I I also sent an email to the SID at Marshall Football asking for a comment. I haven't received um, anything back. I sent that out early this morning. And as of right now, I have not received um, an email response back but, uh, yeah, and, and I, I've seen a bunch of graphic artists across the country from different schools, including one at Michigan, uh, that responded to it and said, you know, hey, this deserves to be called out. This is pretty ridiculous.
1: Yeah, you just can't do that. I mean, you thieved his, his mental property. And, and you know what? It's his talent. It's his skill set. At least give some credit if you're going to do it. I mean, the very least, bare minimum. All right, let's move on, though. That's just an unbelievable story. Uh, So as it pertains to the SU football team, Dino has now spoken to the press now that uh, we've gotten through spring football, no spring game. Obviously, we had six members of the team finally speak to the media. Uh, What were the highlights? What stuck out to you? Pick any player or Dino's comments. As we've said, it's, it's generalities and platitudes and pretty obvious questions and answers at this point. But what do we need to know as SU fans?
6: Well, I I think the fact that Dino said that his quarterback room and his running back room are the best that he's had since he's been here. uh, I thought those were pretty telling comments uh, because he's not one that is in the business of embellishing and over-exaggerating to raise expectations and then, you know, have them sort of blow up in his face. He's not that type. He tends to be more of the, you know, let's stay even keeled and, um, you know, not get too ahead of ourselves. So the fact that he said that, I think it's pretty telling. Um, I think it it shows that he really likes the way that the team looked and and some of those positions looked during the spring. And we know that the quarterback battle is going to get the most attention, but I think it sounded to me like he feels like he's got two or three guys that he trusts that he can win games with. And so I think that's a really good thing for Syracuse. We've seen the last couple of years, what's happened when DeVito has gone out that, the quarterback play has gone significantly downhill. Regardless of what you think of Devito, when he's gone out, it's gotten worse. Um, you know, there's really no debating that. So, and then the fact that the offensive line, he he seemed to be pretty positive about the progress they made under their new offensive line coach, and and happy with the numbers that they've got there. And then they've got some more incoming players that are going to be joining the program this summer from the class of 2021. So, I think all in all, it was a pretty positive spring. Obviously, we would have liked to have seen more. It would have been nice to have a spring game on television to get them some, you know, publicity and and all that type of stuff. But ultimately all of that doesn't matter if they win games this fall, no one's going to care whether or not they got to see a spring game on TV.
1: Uh, we do have some breaking news from the American hockey league that we are going to get to in our next segment. We'll be talking to Mark Larson with spectrum sports. It's out there on social media, but we will have that discussion in a few minutes. Continuing right now with Mike McAllister with Syracuse NSI here on ESPN radio on the sports show blue guy. Let's take it. Do you, what do you want to go?
2: NFL draft? Do you yeah, wanna... let's go with the draft tonight. All, all right, right, let's go there. So obviously three guys from Syracuse entering the draft. Uh, expected to be drafted tomorrow night at the earliest, but Trill, Melifonwu, and Cisco. And I keep hearing, uh, Mike, your team, the Eagles, as a common denominator for all these guys. Do you think that's possible, or do you think they go elsewhere?
6: I mean, in my perfect world, the Eagles grab either um, Waddle or Smith in the first round. They grab Melifonwu in the second. Cisco drops to the third and they're able to snag him in the third because our secondary outside of Darius Slay is pretty, uh, we'll say average at best to be kind. Um, And so grabbing two players that you could make the argument are the number one or number two player at their position in the draft um, to, to solidify that secondary, I'd I'd be pretty, pretty excited about that. Um, But yeah, I do think that, that they're if you're Philly with that, weakness in the secondary it only makes sense that you'd be taking a look at all of those guys so uh, and I do know that Philadelphia did in fact talk to Melifonwu at the senior bowl mm-hmm. so he's certainly on their radar and is someone that they've they've talked to him in a communication with his agent things like that um, so yeah I'd be pretty pumped as an Eagles fan to get those guys because I think they're going to have very good NFL careers.
1: Mike is there a trade scenario that you could live with that the Eagles could make with the number 12 pick?
6: Yes. If, if they decided that they're going to take Melifanwu in the second, and let's say Horn is gone in the first or Horn and Sertan are still both there when it gets to their pick um, and the receivers are gone. And so they're like, well, we can trade back a few spots, maybe pick up another draft pick or two and still get one of those two corners or maybe get, um, you know, an offensive lineman or something like that and take mellow in the second, whatever the case is, I'd be good with that. Um, if they trade up, the only way I'm okay with trading up since they originally started at number six is if they give up less than what they got to move back. If you give up the same to move up to seven or eight, as you did to move back from six to 12, to me, you look really bad in that scenario. Yeah. You've lost and value, up, yeah. If, yeah. And if you give up more, you look even worse. So it, to me it, now if if they make a move where they move up to 8 and you gave up less than what you um got to to move back to 6 or from 6 to 12 I think that looks like your GM made some pretty solid moves. You you came away with pretty good value there. So there are some scenarios depending on who they get and and what the the trade scenarios are where I'd be happy w- with the trade um but, you know, we'll see how it plays out based on the way they've drafted the last couple of years. I'm not going into it being overly optimistic. So hopefully they can surprise me and make some good moves.
1: Mike, Nick Sirianni's opening press conference was, I guess the word is awkward at times. And then we've also heard a further quote from him where he said that he played rock, paper, scissors with potential draft picks. Uh, we thought that was a little bit bizarre. Is this guy just kind of marched to the beat of his own drummer or... Or how you feeling about that?
6: Well, he's either a uh super mad genius or <laughs> um he's he's gonna be a complete failure. I, I guess we'll find out. Um the one thing I'll say is listen, if the NFL draft is is in a lot of ways a crapshoot, guys that we think are can't misses end up not panning out, guys that go in the sixth round end up being the best quarterback of all time, like things like that happen in every single draft class. So Absolutely. if it's a if it's a crapshoot why not do something completely randomly like play rock, paper, scissors and base your draft off of that? I mean, it, you can't be any worse than if, if you're actually doing your scouting, because that doesn't seem to work that high percentage of, 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 of the time. So why not, you know, be a little bit different. See if it works for you, maybe he'll find Flip a coin,
1: I, pull names I, yeah, out of a
6: hat. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought a, <laughs> bit, a little bit of that was, I thought that that, was kind of more was made out of it than what it was Um, but it definitely was bizarre Um, I think if usually if coaches do stuff like that they don't publicize it and I think that's probably why it caught people as off guard as it did
1: got a minute or two left with you Mike McAllister with Syracuse NSI here on ESPN radio on the Sports Illustrated show real quick you're hearing the rumblings about and this is Bill's country we know that right do the Bills make a move to get ETN what do they do
6: I would not trade up to get him, but if he falls to you, I would be very happy taking it. I think he's going to be a really good running back in the NFL. Um, I I really liked him in college, and obviously his talent, his productivity speaks for itself. But trading up for a running back, um, you know, in the modern NFL, I'm I'm not sure that that makes the most sense. You know, they've they've got some other things they can work on Um, defensively, you know, shoring up the secondary a little bit, trying to get someone um, to to play opposite white uh, at the cornerback spot. It's why it wouldn't surprise me if they did something like moved back, you know, somewhere like five to eight to 10 spots um, with that 30th pick. If someone they like, isn't there, someone wants to move back into the first round, they move back a little bit because, you know, at, at pick 30 grabbing a guy like Iffy, uh, from Syracuse, it, some people might look at that and go, ah, that's a little early. Well, you can probably either get him or one of the other, you know, top top ranked corners, If you move back five to ten spots, so you do that, you pick up an extra draft pick or two, you still get a really good player. That seems to make the most sense. But you know, if you're standing pat at thirty, ETN is still there. I know there's been a lot of chatter between those two sides. I'd be pretty happy if I'm a Bills fan with getting in.
1: Absolutely, I'm not going to make you comment on my Giants, you know, because we're in the NFC lease together. Uh, But I want, I got to ask you one more, Mike. Nobody wanted NCAA president Mark Emmert to get the contract extension renewed until 2025, including you. We named dropped you yesterday and earlier today. Uh, it seems to be a consensus, what a joke, uh, but I'm going to let you close this out with a final minute remaining and mock Mark Emmert and this move by the NCAA.
6: I'll spend the first five seconds actually commenting on the giants draft. They should draft seven punters today uh, <laughs> over the next couple of days. Yeah. That would be my, my advice to them. Um, <laughs> as far as Mark Emmert goes, um, If incompetency can be rewarded, then that's exactly what's happening here. Uh, I understand that the NCAA president, he's doing what they want him to do and that he's taking all of the blame. He's taking the brunt of the NCAA's failures, and they're paying him essentially to be the face of the NCAA's incompetency um, player exploitation. Um, you know, gender discrimination with yep. what went on with the weight room, with the women's NCAA tournament, all of that. They're basically paying him to be the face of all of that failure and to deal with all of that criticism. That's what he's being paid for. That said, he's the guy that's leading all of this. And you can't make a rational argument that they've done basically any of this well. So he's essentially being paid to be the fall guy. And it's it's proof to me that the board of the NCAA has no interest in actually um, having competent leadership to try to correct some of these problems. They just want someone there who can take the brunt of the criticism so they can do status quo, business as usual,
1: continue to line their own pockets.
2: He's like Roger Goodell for the NFL. Yeah, he posted,
1: yes, he's that's his poster exactly child. Exactly what he is. Yeah, Mike. Exactly what he is. Mike, you're the best. We appreciate you, as always. We'll talk again very soon, maybe after the draft. We'll, we'll look at all the draft picks from all the teams, including your Eagles and we'll go at it again. Sounds good, right?
6: Absolutely. Sounds good. Thanks, guys.
1: Mike McAllister with Syracuse on SI ESPN Radio and the Sports Hill Show. We're gonna pause quick. We'll be right back. Mark Larson with Spectrum Sports up next on the phones.
0: SportsZilla Show with Rain and the Glue Guy, Matt. Who said that? On ESPN radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports talk.
1: We're excited, once again, to open up the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line and feel free to uh, comment, uh, Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv as we talk to Mark Larson. I got a text confirming his appearance today. We normally talk to him 3.15 on Wednesdays, uh, but he was traveling back from California. I'm sure we'll get an update on that. He was in Charlotte in the airport. I got the text. He said, yep, I'll be on. And then you get back to work, Mark, and what do you see? Please refer to my opening statement. Uh, No comment, nothing to see here, we'll talk about that in a minute. Because when we talked last, food of the day, cinnamon rolls. You've given us some tips on like green tea. We've talked pizza. I don't know if you ate anything really good when you were on a vacation, getting out of Central New York for a few days. Uh, but what do you want to tell us?
9: Yeah, you know, I don't know that. I, I went to Old Town uh, and got some Mexican food uh, Tuesday night, and uh, it's you know famous for that and. Got some kind of a thing, a mole thing, and it had chocolate and cinnamon in it. And so I thought it would be – that'd be something I'd go for. But I think we need to keep the chocolate and cinnamon to the dessert side and not, like, the main course. Uh, so slightly disappointing there. I uh, did get a cinnamon roll out west, and I got to tell you, it had no competition to the ones here. I mean, not even in the same category. So – We do have good cinnamon rolls here. I guess that's one good thing we could say. We also have 55 and rainy today and not 80 and sunny like it is in San Diego right now. But, um, you know, I'm going back in a few weeks, so I'm not going to complain too much.
1: What did you make? I know you've caught up by now with John Desko and the men's lacrosse situation, domestic incident, Chase Scanlon not traveling with the team, has been reinstated. A very, I've called it a disingenuous press conference. I felt... I know there's legalities and regulations. And there wasn't much
2: that he could say anyways.
1: But he could have stepped outside of it a little bit and maybe said, as far as a domestic incident is concerned, and it's been reported, it involved a female. There's a picture out now showing the wall. You've got to go. That needs to be cleared up before we worry about you being on this lacrosse team. Any comments that you have regarding that subject?
8: No, yeah, I
9: totally agree. And and I think the problem is, uh, you know, so John Desko's between a rock and a hard place. Like his hands are tied because yep. he can't say he can't say a lot because of all the privacy rules with Syracuse University. Uh, the problem, though, is the more they try to hide this or, you know, push it under the rug or, or push it into the background, uh, the worse it gets. And now we see a picture online today uh, of a broken wall, apparently, at the, at this apartment where the police were called on that Saturday night. And so the more they hide it and the more little things start to come out, the worse it looks. And so, uh, you know, I love John. Uh, he's just a great guy. Surely, and surely. And obviously a very successful coach. But but I don't understand why he would reinstate a guy like this uh, unless he's being pressured by the parents and saying, hey, he hasn't been charged with anything. You better reinstate him or, or we're going to sue you or something. That's the only thing I can think of. Like, why would you take a chance and reinstate somebody Obviously he hasn't been charged. He hasn't been found guilty of anything. So he's innocent until proven guilty, but there's this thing out there and it's, and it's hovering over him and the team, by the way, played tremendously without him last weekend. So you didn't need him to come back. So why reinstate him? The team doesn't want him out on the practice field. It, you know, it, to me, it seems like maybe that was a little bit, um, that wasn't thought out enough. I think, um, you know, just, just don't reinstate him. Keep him out. There's no harm done. Uh, and then when things come out and they don't look good, you don't have to backpedal and backtrack. So uh, I hope that doesn't come back to haunt him. Um, but it's certainly the longer this goes on, it doesn't look good. And, and I think, as Axe said yesterday, you know, this this conversation is way more important than how are they going to do against Notre Dame. Like, nobody really cares about that right now. Absolutely. Um, You know, so, and I think the guys walk, threatening to walk out, you know, there's a lot of solidarity and, and reportedly this incident involved uh, someone from the women's lacrosse team. And there's a lot of, you know, comradeship or, uh, you know, friendship between the two programs. So I'm sure that had something to do with that. So uh, yeah, it's, it's not a good situation. Um, They played great without him. Uh, You know, let's see if they can do it again this weekend and then just, just bench him for the whole rest of the season and, and, See what happens yeah, after that,
1: and move on. Axe had said this might be the beginning of the end of John Desko as the coach, and I and I have to agree because one thing that need to be sta- needed to be stated in my humble opinion, and we'll move on after I say this, uh, but you have to advocate for the victim while this investigation is playing out. Would, no one, in any way, shape, or form, far beyond sports. Cannot support a female or anybody involved in a physical altercation. but Condemn sp- the action. Condemn the action and advocate for the victim. Men being physically violent against women is just, it's a it's a non-star. We're done right there. That's where the conversation stops. It cannot happen in any way, shape, or form. And you must condemn it when you're in his position, in my humble opinion. And- but... Uh, if you want and, to comment further, go ahead. I
9: absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. Uh, uh, but again, there haven't been any charges filed. Yep, so understood. Yeah. Hard, if, you, if you start to advocate for somebody, uh, you are almost, you know, you're creating this whole image that something did happen. And if it comes out that, that it wasn't something that happened, who knows? You know, it doesn't look good, but we don't always know the whole story, so... Uh, you know i guess i don't have that big of a problem i think i think he could say yes if some if this did happen and exactly. it comes out that it did happen it's obviously wrong and it's not going to be a part of our program we're not about that if something did yes so I, I i would agree to uh but you have to qualify that i think because you you know you don't want to to keep you know, building the accusation here if if something if it comes out later that something substantial didn't happen but obviously in this day and age yes yes i mean y- you have to you have to err on the side of of caution and um and make sure uh that people know that that you do not you will not stand for any of this kind of stuff going on
1: yeah i as i said earlier it's nothing personal against john desco you have to walk the fine line though and and do the dance and and kind of put that message out there uh, we're going to move on. we got a couple of minutes left with Mark Larson of Spectrum Sports here on the Sports Illustrated Show. It's ESPN Radio. Uh, breaking news as of 3 o'clock, the AHL. And there, were some, there were some teams opting in if there were playoffs, some teams saying we're definitely not Syracuse Crunch being one of them. For example, the AHL has just pretty much said at the end of the regular season, that's it for this year. Do you have any comments or observations on that? I think well, it's necessary. I, I, guess
9: I, do, I guess I don't really understand that. I mean, if they're playing a game – uh, they're playing a season and they're playing games. And yes, of course, there have been some issues. Some games have had to be rescheduled and, and postponed and all that, but why not just go ahead and keep, keep playing and, and crown a champion. I, I guess I don't really understand. I know they've, they've tried to keep all the, the teams close to home throughout, but aren't we, I, I guess, I, I guess I thought we were kind of past that point uh, where, where we can't have um, playoffs. We can't have a a champion crown. I, you know, we're, we're getting vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. I'm two weeks past mine. So, and I think more and more people are. And I and I would think some of these athletes are. So, I I don't know why we can't just just keep going and, and try to crown some sort of champion. But um, you know, I'm not making those decisions. I know you know if they can't have a lot of fans there, maybe they don't want to foot the bill for that whole thing. Uh, Maybe that's part of it. I I don't know. There's always more to it than than you and I know. But um, yeah, I I guess I don't really understand um, why we're still pulling back. I I thought we were kind of going in the other direction.
1: Well, see my opening statement and go get yourself a cinnamon roll, Mark. All right. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate. Let me tell
9: you where you get a cinnamon. Wait. Yeah, go ahead. Where do you get roll? Yeah, in Central New York. Here's where you go. Okay, so the Toast has really good cinnamon rolls. Uh, maybe a little too much frosting. I never thought I'd say that, but maybe a little too much. So here's where you go. You go to Hamilton, and you go to the Rye Berry, mm. And it's it's a great little bakery in Hamilton. It's a great little day trip. They've got a great coffee shop. And I tell you what, uh, Saturdays now, the farmer's market's going to start up. Great place to go with the girl or the guy or whoever and and spend the morning. Uh, so get yourself an organic cinnamon roll at the Rye Berry, and uh, you will not be disappointed. It is good all the way through. There's no dry spot on the whole thing. It's, it's ridiculous. And, and, and I will say my girlfriend makes probably just as good a cinnamon roll, so, uh, but you're not going to have hers. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> so with the NFL draft
2: tonight, we have to ask you about your Vikings. Jalen Phillips, uh, McShay has him going to the Vikings at number 14, a defensive end from Miami. And Kuiper has an offensive tackle, Christian Dareshaw from Virginia Tech,
1: Pro Football Talk had the same pick okay. for them at fourteen. Your your final well, comment today?
9: You go, you know, guys. Uh, I think I I thought I made it clear that the Vikings and I broke up. They're kind of my ex. Um, we, you know, they broke my heart one too many times. <laughs> I will pay attention to them, but I'm much more interested in who's going to be the first Badger off the board. Who's going to be the first Syracuse player out the board? Is it going to be Iffy or, or Cisco? And boy, wouldn't it be something if Iffy snuck into the uh, first round tonight? I so,
1: hope so, yeah, for sure.
9: Definitely yeah, that's interesting right. interesting to see. I, yeah, more likely tomorrow, but we'll
1: see. Mark did say that he's most concerned yeah. with the Wisconsin Badgers Badgers football team. That is true. Listen, we look forward to moving you back to your regular slot Wednesday at 3 15 next Wednesday. Have a great rest of your night, I'm Mark. i uh, glad you had a I'm safe you
7: too,
1: Glad you had a safe travel back, and we'll talk to you soon. Mark Larson with Spectrum Sports, SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio. We're back with sound check next.
0: It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Listen to this mic check. Okay? Good. Here's your sports sound check. Uh, I'm not going to be able to get through the day
1: unless I share Susan Waldman describing to everybody what a shin guard is, like she did a couple of nights ago during the Yankees game. I'll give you an update. Uh, In-game right now, Yankees and Oreos 2-2 in the eighth inning, correct? That's correct. Okay.
0: And Nagashioka going out to
8: Tottenham and see where that hit him. did hit him on the guard. It was that shin guard that goes from the ankle to the um, to the shin, actually.
1: Yeah. Shin guard goes from the ankle to the shin. I'm not sure if you're familiar how the shin guards work there, Susan. Well, okay, Susan. Thank, thank you, you, Susan. Thank you for explaining the blatantly obvious to everybody. What does the glove do? Where does that go? Where do you put your hat? Where do you wear the uniform pants,
2: Susan? Where does the elbow guard go?
1: I'm not quite sure. Does that go on your knee? I believe so. Uh, that is the protective piece of equipment that goes on your knee. Susan Waldman, ah, oh, priceless. She's priceless.com.com. Let's talk about the NFL draft. Would you mind? Please, let's do. Okay, we shared the first draft podcast and their analysis with the draft being tonight, their final analysis, which did consist of Fieldy Yates, Mel Kuiper, and Todd McShay. Well, we've already gone through the Jets. We did that earlier with Spencer Davidson. So now we want to focus on... I'm going to start with your Patriots to get it out of the way, but there is so much speculation on what they're going to do.
2: Especially now that Aaron Rodgers wants out of town.
1: Trade up in the draft. Do they get Garoppolo? Do they, I mean, who knows, right? The possibilities are endless here. This is what the First Draft podcast said about the Patriots and their move.
7: So, Mel, moving on to pick number 15, it's the Patriots. And we think quarterback is a need for the Patriots, maybe even a must in the draft. We thought that last year as well. So how should the Patriots approach the first round and then beyond?
3: They're fun to watch because uh, to see what they decide to do. It's you know, 15, you're not getting a quarterback. you got to be aggressive and trade up. Is it going to be Justin Fields that they moved up to get or Trey Lance? If they stay where they are at 15, then you would have to think corner Receiver, which one is there? Cornerback-wise, will J.C. Bourne still be on the board? Uh, at that point, Sertan will be gone. Caleb Farley will be a little risky at that point, coming off the second back surgery. Too high for Greg Newsom the second Wide receiver-wise, uh, you're not going to see one of the elite receivers get to 15. So then you're talking about more of a slot receiver at that point, like Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. Uh, like I say, you think about also you know, the linebacking situation. They get Dante Hightower back. Don't forget, this is the leader of their defense. This is a guy coming back after opting out. So he's like an additional first round pick coming to that defense. He added Matthew Judon, give him a pass rusher. So I would think right here, you know, if it's not good, if they're going to go out and get the quarterback at 15, it may end up being a corner. And like I say, the guy I would target at that point would be JC Horn
7: if he were available. Yeah, J.C. Horn, probably better than the 15th overall player in this year's class just because of the quarterbacks and the wide receiver, run early. We could see him get pushed out a little bit, but he is phenomenal. That much we know. The Patriots have an outstanding cornerback in Stephon, Gil- Stephon Gilmore, also from South Carolina on their roster, but Gilmore scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent after
2: this year.
1: You see him taking it 13 with the Chargers, too, so you don't even know if he's going to be there ultimately. Who
2: knows? Yeah, it's crazy to me that Mel doesn't have them taking a quarterback. Obviously in his mock drafts, he has them trading up, and I'm assuming these scenarios were no trades happen, but uh Kuiper or McShay rather has uh Mac Jones falling to number fifteen. Yeah, I've in his seen, latest. I've
1: seen him falling as well. That's very interesting to me. Aaron Rodgers, it's been reported. Who reported? Was that it was Schefter or was Ian it? Rappaport? Everybody is. Yes. So it's been reported from sources. Aaron Rodgers has basically told the Packers, I don't want to be on the team anymore.
2: Uh, It sounds like they've been working on a long-term contract extension for weeks, and it's not going well.
1: And so where is he going to go in your perfect world? New England, let's Uh, do it. Everybody, every desirable player has to. You replace number 12 with a number 12. It makes sense. To you, every single uh, player, desirable player, has to go to the Patriots. Well, with this offseason, we saw a lot of players did go to New England. In the uh, glue guys. Well, they paid them. But strategically, and they were smart with their free signings. I have to give you credit where it's due. It is Matt Page. I'm Rain. This is the Sportsilla. Show. we call this sound check here on ESPN Radio? You want to go, Bills? Uh I want to go back to the first draft podcast and I want to share what they said about your Buffalo Bills. We've mentioned the speculation about ETN, uh, but let's see what they said.
3: No, I I think <laughs> Buffalo is an interesting team. They got my favorite quarterback who's rolling right now. Yep. And thank Josh, great year. Congratulations. And now we got <laughs> a chance to get a little bit of help on the defensive side of the ball with mm-hmm. the running back. Todd mentioned traded up. Trading up. Can you get the running back here? Do you feel okay with Javante Williams if your Buffalo's falling in your lap to be there the former linebacker in high school, he averaged what, 16 tackles a game his junior year. We had him on the Darian Mel show Saturday. Impressive kid. Uh, yeah, just a guy that's five figure, maybe late first, early second, or four teams in the early second. Jacksonville, the Jets, Atlanta as well. Uh, was it was a Jacksonville versus teams in the second. Todd got it here. Second round, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Jets, Jets, Atlanta, Jets, Atlanta, Miami. That's Atlanta, Miami. Could all go maybe running back, or at least think about it. I think pass rusher. Uh, is another area where and I'm gonna throw Jason Oway. I think his name's come up today during the podcast. Yeah. Uh, there's a kid who didn't have a sack, but he, he had a freakish workout. I, I really believe Todd, somebody in field, somebody takes Jason Oway in the late first round. We're at worst by pick thirty eight.
7: Yeah, he's such a toolsy projection based player, right? He always 65 uh, Yeah, he's yeah.
3: six five, two sixty, with long arms and, and four three nine
8: speed. He's you gonna go. You can have him, man. You can have him. I, <laughs> I'm just saying where he's gonna go, Todd. I'm just saying yeah. where. No, he's I know. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, think, I think. I think. he's gonna be late first, early second. But zero yeah, he, sacks. I know really he had a lot of pressures. Jason
3: Oway, and he'll he'll put him in his mock first, and he'll say, "I'm an idiot," but he'll put him in his late first. <laughs>
7: <laughs> oh man well just because you guys think a player might go late in the first doesn't mean they necessarily agree with the idea that that player should go yeah, in the late exactly. first
1: i mean just bringing the quarter or excuse me the running back back into the conversation Najee harris from alabama javante williams north carolina running back michael carter from north carolina travis Etienne. Uh, uh, With Clemson, he's ranked fourth, by the way, according to some rankings that I'm looking at right now. Interesting. Kenneth Gainwell is another one. Uh, Jamar Jefferson, maybe Kylan Hill out of Mississippi State. Those are like the top seven running backs. Interesting to see what they do. I have a feeling they end up going defense, right? Right? Uh, Yeah, that's what it seems like, but... Do they surprise people and go with a running back? Yeah, with, with how you value running backs nowadays in the modern NFL. He doesn't seem smart. You don't necessarily have to waste the draft capital in the first round unless you really believe in the player. That's a guy who I'm coming from a guy who advocated for Saquon Barkley um, a couple of years ago. But hey, that's just me. And I want Devonte Smith for my Giants. Let's give you one more piece of audio. Let's stay with the first draft podcast. Once again, field the eights, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, and what they did say about my New York football Giants.
7: Now we're going to number 11, which is the New York Giants. GM Dave Gettleman recently said, "Yeah, I haven't traded down because the offer never presented itself the right one, but I've tried and we know the Giants typically don't trade down, uh, just historically as a franchise, where should they be looking at pick number 11, Mel? And then also for the rest of this draft, they only have six picks in total.
3: Yeah, they got some things they got to do. They got to get a pass rusher. They got to get an offensive lineman at some point. A wide receiver, I believe they could use. Well, we got a linebacking help as well. So, if you say that combo guy, whatever you want to call a combo linebacker, pass rusher, he Pay is a too high. Jalen Phillips, too high. So, then you look at wide receiver falls on your left. You take Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle, knowing you have Kenny Galladay and others. I would because I got guys that can catch the ball. And the problem with the Giants has been dropped passes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the offensive line, if a guy you love is there, you would think about him. Uh, keep in mind, Andrew Thomas is a key to the entire football team, I believe. Certainly a key to Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and everything that goes on with the Giants. He was the high pick, the fourth pick overall. Uh, we all fought. Todd, I had Jedrick Wills as my top offensive tackle. Uh, yeah, I had Dwarf second. I had uh, Thomas at 14 on the board. They took him. Now they got to hope in year two, Dave Gettleman does, that he, a Dave Gettleman pick, helps out the quarterback who was a Dave Gettleman pick and Daniel Jones. That allows Saquon Barkley, a Dave Gettleman pick. All those pieces have to come together, and with Andrew Thomas being the key guy.
7: I'm preparing myself for the Giants to do something interesting at number eleven. That, as far as like draft Twitter is concerned, wouldn't be super popular, right? Like a meat and potatoes type pick because the the Parsons
3: would have to be in the discussion.
7: Yeah, yeah, and, and that would excite the masses. But like I'm sitting here thinking to myself. But Christian Barmore from Alabama is an example of a player that I think Dave would get him and probably would really like. I just think that, you know, draft Twitter would be like, oh, man, defensive tackle, pick number 11. They could have had Devontae Smith or somebody else that might be sitting there, but we know the Giants, of
1: course. So, so would
8: ABC coverage because I, I would be chipping away at him again. So. Okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, shouldn't they draft the player that we say or, you know, what social media says they should do? That's how you base that, right? You got uh, Typically, yes, you should. You should absolutely listen to your fan base and nonsense on social media.
2: I uh, will receive a text from you tonight if they pass on Devontae Smith for a defensive tackle. Yeah, that's and, just, and it won't be a kind text either. Yeah, that's very
1: likely. There'll be swear words in it for sure. More on Aaron Rodgers, the 49ers, and the Rams, of course, because he's unhappy in Green Bay, have reached out for a potential trade. This is going to continue to get interesting. Here we are with the draft tonight at 7 o'clock. ESPN Radio Sports Illustrated. Quick break. We come back with the last thing we'll say today.
0: The Sports Show with Rain and Matt. <laughs> can everyone hear me okay? Hello. Hello. I,
8: can hear you. Hello. I can hear you. I can
0: Okay, well, so we've made some amazing adjustments. And, okay. Here's the last thing we'll say today on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Dog. The
1: Utica Comets went up in the season series five to four in the throughway throwdown known as the Empire Recycling Galaxy Cup, hence Udicuse. As it pertains to the AHL, Uh, there will not be playoffs this year, though. These two teams, after each plays Rochester this weekend, will then play each other uh, five, six, seven hundred times in a row, it seems like. And that's pretty much it. Uh, We do bring that up. Yeah, the news broke at three o'clock. We had mentioned it about a half an hour ago. Wanted to leave you with that thought. Fact is, no playoffs in the American Hockey League this year. Yep, some relatively fresh and breaking news. We wanted to put that out there again. I don't know if it's a surprise or not. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, yeah, I could see how you could try to work it in. Maybe money's involved. There's a lot of variables underneath the surface we don't know about. But with some teams opting out, why bother? Exactly. I will leave you with this sound. Oh, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Okay. Boom! There you go. I can't wait for that. And then you're going to hear it again. And again. Because it's the NFL draft tonight. I I don't know if you've heard about that. Man, I cannot wait to finally have some actual draft picks to discuss tomorrow. We'll get you on the block with Brent Axe at the top of the hour. Have a great rest of your night. Enjoy the draft, at least uh, the first night of it. This is ESPN Radio and the Sports Illustrated Show. See you again tomorrow.